Record better audio anywhere with Motive Digital Microphones from Shure. Easy-to-use options like the MV88 plug directly into your phone or computer and include a free app. Create studio-quality sound for podcasts, music, and videos. Visit Shure.com to learn more. Hello, hello, hello. Well, hello, hello, hello. This is Angelique. I am one of your hosts of Wine Time, and this is our first episode. Um, I am extremely excited uh, to be starting the show. I'm excited to put out all the information. Um, I want to let everyone know in the beginning that um, we are an inclusive show. We want to include everybody, every race, every religion. Um, this particular show is about body image and self-esteem. And as an African-American woman, um, and so are my co-hosts who um, unfortunately are not available, um, as an African-American woman, we wanted to kind of take a perspective of that. I think we hear a lot of times of other people's views and, um, you know, kind of see what the statistics say, what the facts say, what the research has said. And um, so that's what this show is kind of going to be about. But, again, I don't want to exclude anyone or have anyone think that every show is going to be specific. If you um, want to hear more about something that has to do with you, we welcome anyone to ask to be on the show or have a topic. Um, I can't speak to anyone else's experience but my own, and I think that was kind of the perspective that we had into going into this. With all that being said, this is wine time. So the bottle of wine of choice, this podcast show is Roscato. Um, it is on the lower end. Um, a red wine is very sweet. It used to be one of my favorite wines. Um, I know a lot of people that drink it, so hopefully you have your wine glass with you. And every show we are going to do what's called Winding Up, which is every time that you hear a word, take a sip of your wine. And the word of the podcast is body. Um, I think you're going to hear body image a lot and just uh, me talking about those things. So um, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump right into the show. So this show is called Mirror, Mirror on the Wall. And I think a lot of times we hear so much about how we are supposed to look, um, what weight we're supposed to be, what makeup we're supposed to wear, what is in, what is out, what shoes, what's the new trend, what's the new fad, what's the new thing that you should do with your hair. And a lot of, we feel the pressure and a lot of times we want to emulate what we see on TV. We want to look prettier. We want to come across a certain kind of way. We want to wear our makeup a certain kind of way. Now, personally, I <laughs> have never been one to ascribe to those things. Um, I am pretty much have like, this is how I am. This is what I like to wear. And you accept it. Great. If you don't, I don't really know what to tell you. That's always been my attitude. But even with that attitude, like recently, I went and bought a whole bunch of stuff to figure out how to contour my face. Because since I've had my daughter who will be two, I have gained weight and I can't blame it all on the baby, right? Like I'm going through my own thing and whatever. But um, I'm like, okay, well, this can, this can help my Facebook 
thinner and maybe make my skin look better. And it's like, I wouldn't do any of this if this wasn't like the new thing to do and everybody wasn't doing it. I don't even remember contouring stuff being on a shelf at anywhere other than you went to like a counter in a department store. It wasn't just readily available when you get went to the Maybelline section in your local Target or Walmart. So um, what I want to get across in this show is that in any show that we do, we're not just going to give our opinions. I'm not just because you're not just going to hear me talk. It's going to be this is what the research says, and then we'll discuss it. Hopefully, on upcoming episodes, it won't just be me. Um, so let's go ahead and get into it. So we're going to do some positives and some negatives here, um, and let's just go ahead and start off with what's not so great, right? So. According to the National Library of Medicine, um, there's been a lot of research about body dissatisfaction, and what they've learned is that body dissatisfaction starts at first grade or six years old, and I think that is absolutely astonishing. At six years old, you already are putting in your mind what you feel about your body. I don't know a six-year-old that has a body to feel a way about it, you know, like that's pre puberty, like, you're just six years old, but already you're inclined to say, this is how I feel, and I don't like my body, and I don't like my legs, and I don't like my eyes, or I am surprised by that, but not so much, um, because I guess that's the age where you really start thinking outside of just what ha- what is happening in front of you. So in that study, they said that 12.1% of children were satisfied with their bodies that were considered in normal weight. Um, So (laughs) I don't even know what normal weight is. I know that doctors have a scale that they go off of, but um, the fact that children are in quote unquote normal weight where they're not overweight or they're not malnourished and only 12% of them say, oh, I feel great about the way that I look. I think that's really sad, and I think that somewhere as a culture, as a society, we have failed in being able to make our children believe that they are okay just the way that they are, that there isn't someone that looks not necessarily better than them that they should have to look like, that they are okay just the way that God made them, whether that's with short legs or long legs, long torso, short torso. Um, I know my little baby is little, really tiny little thing, but I want to go ahead and let her know from the beginning just the way God made you is just good enough. So to hear that only 12% disheartening for me. But if we go on, when we just look at overall, 89.1% of children express some dissatisfaction. So any dissatisfaction with how they feel about themselves, 89.1%. So what they found about this is that there isn't a correlation to parental eating habits. So it's not, I feel bad about myself because my mom feeds me a whole bunch of junk food. So it's definitely not that. Um, What they correlated it to is how did the parent feel about themselves? So if mommy's making degrading comments about herself, right, then, or saying, oh, mom has a fat butt, or mom needs to lose some weight, I'm fat, or whatever the case may be, and I find myself saying certain things um, about myself just because I'm self-conscious about the weight that I've gained. Well, apparently, how I feel about me 
and what I say about me is going to affect my daughter. So if I don't get it together and learn how to love me as I am and figure out how to make myself happy and make sure that I'm communicating to myself every day that I love me, I love the body that I'm in as it is right now in this moment, this is telling me that my daughter is going to grow up and kind of already have in her mind that her body is not good enough because mommy's body is not good enough. And I think about being five, six, seven years old, you do kind of look up to the person that's taking care of you as your end all and be all, right? Like, I want to grow up and I want to be like dad. I want to grow up and I want to be like mom. So um, looking at this study, which was conducted in the D.C. Metro YMCA's, um, I think that we, as a culture, as a society, as women, cognitive about the things that we say and the way that we think, because it not only affects you, it does affect those who are around you, who are with you. And honestly, when you learn to love yourself, a lot of doors open mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and maybe literally (laughs) doors open for you. Um, Confidence is key. So I start off with that because I want to get into uh, some things about specific to African-American women. So we talk about body image and self-esteem. Um, as African-American women, we have the highest prevalence of obesity, 50%, 50.8% to be specific. So that means one out of every two of us is overweight. When I hear this, I'm kind of, I have mixed emotions about it. Do I think as a culture we could do better in learning how to not, how to eat better? Yes. There's a lot of limitations that come with that, right? So um, I'm studying sociology, and we look at statistics all day. This is what research has said. This is what research has done. So we think about the economic pressure that there is. It's definitely cheaper to go through the drive-thru and get me three, spend $3.15 on a cheeseburger, a fry, and a soda, right? You get the largest soda there is. Then it would be for me to go and buy a salad or the stuff to make a salad. $3.15, and we're talking about me spending 7 or $8. And then, so we live in a, a society where there's economic pressure, and then it's like the microwave society. You want it, and you want it now. I want it, and I want it right now. I want it right now. So going home to make a salad, that's going to take time and effort. And unfortunately, um, there are those of us who did not grow up where we saw someone in the kitchen cooking. So our first thing is I want it quick. I want to eat it right now. And I don't want to have to worry about fixing it. So it's kind of a mixed mindset when it comes to saying, oh, well, you should eat healthy. And then we add to that that a lot of our foods, um, the way that we make them, the way that we were taught to make them for generations and generations is based on what's given to us. Um, So I think when I – hear that, it's easy to say, oh, man, you guys are, we need to do better. But it's definitely, you know, I don't want to go too deep, but there's a lot of layers to the why we eat the way that we do. We add on to that, that we figured out, at least I hope most of us have figured out, that an ideal weight um, is just that, an ideal weight. It has no you can still be a healthy individual and be outside of the ideal way. I'm going to give you an example. I was in the military for a short period of time, and 
Um, in that, I went in weighing 145 pounds, right? You know, I wasn't in shape, like, necessarily. Um, at the end of my training, I weighed 145 pounds, so I was pure muscle. But I was overweight because I'm only five, five feet, five one on a great day. Like, I, I like to give myself the extra inch. But, look, I'm five feet tall. I weigh 145 pounds. Every, everything is going to say I'm overweight. But I'm not overweight, right? I'm healthy. I was lean. I was all muscle. So we used to have to go and take a tape test. But if I looked at what this thing told me to weigh, as skinny as I was, wearing a size three pair of jeans at 145 pounds and five feet tall, I would have looked scary because I want to do what's supposed to be normal. I say that I tell you that story to say that what really is overweight? Like, what are we measuring that purely by? So if we're measuring it by body fat, I think that's probably a better method, right? So instead of saying that you're overweight, maybe it really should be you have a high percentage of body fat. Because if we're looking at it that way, I think this, the idea, the concept of how you feel about yourself, especially when you go to the gym and you work hard and, unfortunately, your genes say that you are just going to have that those thighs, right? They're in shape. I think we would learn to look at obesity different because we're not talking about your weight, that something that we can explain away. We're talking about you actually have more fat on you than muscle or this is what this looks like. Like I think we get into a different conversation. But um, all of that, um, another thing that there was about – black women. Um, there was, I think when we get into being overweight, um, we have the highest prevalency of obesity at this current moment, 78% of black women are overweight. And it all goes back to, again, are we talking about actual, all, all, so you're telling me that I meet a lot of black women who look perfectly fine. So all of them fall into this other category. Like I find that hard to believe. I think again, are we talking just plain weight or should we really be discussing body fat? Um, but all of this plays into self-esteem as a black woman, um, as an African-American woman especially, because as much as we're told that we are overweight and our butts are too big and our thighs are too big and um, our lips are too full or whatever the case may be, um, we also are very emulated, okay? And I don't want to offend anyone by saying this, but we are, I have no reason to go get lip fillers, right? I don't have the biggest lips there are, but my lips are full. But that thing that we attribute to ourselves is that we have full lips, wide noses. Um, you know, that's, that's another thing. We have, we're naturally um, have larger butts and larger thighs. And when you look at, maybe the Kim Kardashians, like that body type is what is usually considered um, a black woman. But we look at a black woman and they have the big butts and the big thighs and we're like, oh my gosh, you're overweight. But when we look at it on Kim Kardashian or any of the Kardashians at this point, really, um, it's attractive. She's a nice figure. Oh, she she looks really great. But no one's saying, oh, my God, like, look how big your butt is. You have to be overweight. And I think that's what 
as an African-American woman, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think that is where we tend to have some self-esteem issues is that we're being told that not only are we not good enough in society in some ways, but we're not good enough even just on general standards. Um, And that's a problem. Um, I think that we should um, definitely figure out how to feel good about ourselves, right, and say, you know what, you can emulate us, it is great, it's whatever, but I know I feel good about me. I don't care what that scale says, I know I'm healthy, right? I don't care what Kim Kardashian is doing, I got my butt for my mama, and I feel good about it. But it does play into um, how we feel about ourselves. And these type of images that we get about ourselves Um, I think definitely hurts our self-esteem, whether we want to admit it or not. Because like I said, my big butt means I'm overweight because it also is attached to bigger thighs, (laughs) like big thighs, but on someone else who's another race, it is attractive. It is, oh, look at her figure. It's amazing. And I think as African-American women, we talk about our self-esteem and we talk about how different we are viewed. It goes in, into a, many different directions. So I know Buzzy recently did um, a thing about black women and self-esteem and how we feel about ourselves being portrayed in culture. And there was a couple of things when I looked at this that kind of jumped out at me. So one of the things said the black female body is hypersexual. I read that and I immediately thought Nicki Minaj, like immediately, because (laughs) um, I guess she's the person like nowadays people see. So even though her body is fake, like we can, I think we all know like her body is definitely constructed and not given. Um, She's hypersexual, but that's okay for her to be hypersexual, right? Like for her to be so overtly sexual, that's okay. That's 100% okay. But then we look at someone like Serena Williams, who's completely in shape, and people said that she looks like a man because she's not half naked and she's not, she's just an athlete, right? She's doing athletic things and she still looks amazing, but because she's not hypersexual, she looks manly or her butt is too big or her lips are too full but we put that on Nicki Minaj and we dress it up as sex and then it's acceptable. It is welcome. She was on American Idol, which boggles my mind because her songs are nowhere near um, commercial all the time, but um, it does play into our psyche. We do think a lot about how we're portrayed in media and it is okay for us to be, big button and big breasted as long as we're being sexual. Another example is Amber Rose or heck Black China, Jesus Christ. You know, the point is is that as long as we're hypersexual, then it's okay. Then then that's okay. The way that we look is okay. Okay, so all of that's fantastic. But if all of that in body is dressed up in some other way, then it becomes a problem. So then there's a label attached to it and it's not necessarily accepted. Um, 
I think that's how a lot of African-American women feel. With all this being said, I just want to say um, that I'm curious to know from other races what you feel um, is being portrayed about you and your body and your image. Um, So I definitely want you guys to go to our Facebook page. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash my time sessions. And please message us directly or um, post something on the page, post something on any of, in the comment section. Um, we also have an Instagram page. You can get us, get to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, um, iTunes. Uh, so I'm going to take a little break here. Um, I want you guys to go and find our social media pages, um, and we'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Angelique. I have a really important message that I want to get out to everyone. I am all about mental health awareness and making sure people know of the resources available to them. Mental illness affects so many of us, whether directly or indirectly. If you or someone you know needs help, has questions, or want to join the current campaign about how to stop stigma, please go to www.nami.org. I joined the hashtag I Stop Stigma by campaign, and I want to stop it by talking to others. How do you want to stop stigma? Again, that's www.nami.org, N-A-M-I dot org. Welcome back. Um, so before the break, we were talking body image, self-esteem, particularly in the African-American community. And, again, I want to encourage anybody uh, to leave your comments about this subject, what you agree with, what you disagree with, because I know this is a hot-button issue, so I expect to get some people that don't agree. But, like I said, if you want, we want to hear from other races as well. So if you could drop us a line, send us a message, um, please do, tell you, do so. You can find us at Wine Time Sessions on Instagram and Facebook. Take the S off, and we're on Twitter as well. Um, and if for any reason we can redo this show and we can talk about other races as well, we want to encourage people uh, to come forward that may want to talk about it. So, um, like I said, I'm in no way trying to offend anyone. I am just trying to get from the perspective of people that I've talked to, give you that perspective and what research is saying and what how some of us really feel. So, I, again, in no way I'm, am I speaking for everyone, but I want to jump back into the subject. Um, so before we left, we were talking about uh, some of the things that popped up on BuzzFeed, so um, about the black female body being hypersexual. Another person said it's not treated with respect yet emulated. Um, someone else said it's hip, we are either hip-hop vixens, we're starving like in Africa, or we're mammies. And I think gratefully with some of the changes that have happened in Hollywood, um, we have kind of broken that mold. And I think that's amazing because there was a time period where it was like, okay, where's a token? There's gonna, this is a cast of, you know, Caucasian people, we're going to have like the random token black person and they're probably going to be in a service position, right? Or they're going to be the comedy. They're the comedic relief. Um, it's a scary movie. We're going to die first. Like <laughs> we were pigeonholed and we made jokes about it, but that's kind of how we felt. So I want to say that things have changed. I think that people have worked really hard to get different um 
give you different perspectives and not to pigeonhole us and just say, hey, we're regular people. We can do regular roles just like anyone else. So um, I think that's amazing. Um, so, and then, again, body shapes are due to unhealthy eating. So we talked about all of that. So that's all um, prior to this. But I want to get into some positive things. So um, one of the things that came up was when it comes to dating, what is the preference? So we we always hear about black men wanting to date heavier women. And it's funny because that is what various studies have showed us that black women, black men prefer larger women. So I, but again, you grow up in a household with women who are larger than what is, what is quote unquote normal. I would think you would be attracted to what it is that you saw growing up on some level. Uh, Maybe it's a level of comfort. It's, It's no different than you realizing that you're dating someone who's just like one of your parents, whether that's good or bad. And I think that's a whole nother episode. Um, you are going to be attracted to somewhat to what you knew growing up. And I know I'm from the South, so being heavier was never seen as such this, this really bad thing. Like, um, but it's interesting because it does say that white men are less inclined to date um, heavier women, and this is a study that was done, done by James Madison University. But it's not because they're not attracted. It is because they feel social pressure to not date heavier women. So in this same study, if I'm not mistaken, um, they gave general body types. Um, they blacked it out. You just saw the figure of the woman. And as long as a woman was generally shaped well, no matter how big or small or skinny or heavy she was, um, smaller, like when I say well, I mean the typical hourglass figure, small waist, big butt, big breast, um, they were attracted to her. So I think it's interesting that uh, it's not that they're not attracted to us. It's just that there's some social pressure that says, oh, you can't have a heavier girlfriend. You need to date someone who's a little bit smaller. But another great came out in various studies that black women tend to not conform to normal beauty standards. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think I find that I want to know what is a normal beauty standard. So let's start off first there, right? Because I think we can travel around the world and around the country specifically. And what is a beauty standard in Washington State is definitely not a beauty standard in Southeast Georgia, right? Um, So I want to know what a normal beauty standard is. Like, what are they referring to? Because then maybe I can have the better opinion about it. But if you're asking if we go out and try every new trend as a culture, I think it depends. I think it depends on what that trend is. So, yeah, I think it depends. Um, And I think if it's tight, if it's, like, again, I'm just very, very, I don't really know how to feel about it because, again, I don't know what a normal beauty standard is. So if you have an idea of what a normal beauty standard would be, please, again, drop us a line, maybe clear it up for us. But that was just uh, something that came up. So there was a study done by Washington Post and Kaiser Family Foundation. Uh, And what it reported was that black women are heavier than their white counterparts, 
but report higher self-esteem. Um, so what they found is that 41% of thin average reported uh, 31% of thin average um, Caucasian women reported having high self-esteem, while 66% of black women considered overweight um, said that they had high self-esteem. Well, I don't know if they said it. I just will say they reported having, so they might have had a questionnaire there. Um, I don't find that difficult to believe, and I'm going to tell you why. I guess this um, we as a culture can be very inclusive. So if everybody's doing the we, we kind of set our own standards on what beauty is, right? So we already know we're not traditionally beautiful according to what we've been told. So we have to separate ourselves from that and create our own inclusive idea of what beautiful is. So while I feel like, okay, I'm overweight and this is the heaviest that I've been, what I get from those in my culture is, well, you look perfectly fine. You look beautiful. I like your hair. That looks really good on you. And when I, if I make a degrading comment about myself, it's like, girl, I don't even know what you're talking about. That in and of itself makes me feel better. Does it make me feel like I can't be a better person? I can't lose weight? I can't feel good about myself again internally? No. But it does make me feel like so I am perfectly fine just the way that I am. Nobody has to, like, I don't have to lose weight in order to still be beautiful, right? I don't have to put on makeup in order to still be beautiful because I, by the way, really don't wear makeup. So <laughs> if you were to catch me on the street, you're just going to see me all natural. Um, but that was the way that I was raised. You just don't wear makeup just to be happy. Like, you just, like, what are we, where are we going? What are we doing? Um so I, I find it very plausible that regardless of how we feel about ourselves, um, how society feels about the way that we look, excuse me, that we are still going to feel very great about ourselves. I was looking on Facebook. Of course, it's Facebook. But there was um, an exercise class, and almost every woman in there was overweight. They were African-American. They were considered overweight. But it was a high-energy, high-cardio class, and a lot of the people said they come all the time, and they feel perfectly great about themselves. When I read this, that video is what I thought of, and I know women who are thicker and heavier or, quote-unquote, not traditionally beautiful, and they feel amazing about themselves, and they should because they are beautiful women. Um, or and they can go run five miles, and they still can lift weights, and they are not out of shape. They're just considered overweight, and I think those two things are very, very different. But um, I think that I have taken up enough of your time. Um, I just want to leave with this thought. No matter what race you are, I hope and I really believe that you should feel good in the skin that you're in, and there is no standard for being beautiful. Um, you do some research on what beauty is, just type in a different country, 
and it's going to be very, very different. It's just like those things that were floating around on Facebook where they asked people to Photoshop the photo in different countries and say what it is to be beautiful. In some countries, the woman was heavier, darker, thinner, wider, um, longer torso, shorter legs, you know. Beauty is truly in the eye of the beholder, and you have to look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself that you're be- beautiful. Um, doesn't matter what society tells you your body should look like. It's your body. It should look how you want it to look. Um, so, I, again, I want, really am curious to hear how other cultures deal with body image and self-esteem and what they feel the media uh, wants them to look like, uh, what's what roles the media has played in changing the way their culture feels about themselves. So um, wanting to hear just about what you think or any improvements on the show. So hopefully next week there'll be uh, another person on and we can have some more girl girl talk. Um, Hope that you haven't finished your whole bottle of Riscato. Um, Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back on January the 22nd. At Nissan, our lineup is taking the galaxy by storm. And right now, you can save big during Nissan's Go Rogue year-end event. Shop your local Nissan store and choose Nissan.com today for great offers. And see Rogue One only in theaters. Take on any galaxy. At Nissan, our lineup is taking the galaxy by storm. And right now, you can save big during Nissan's Go Rogue year-end event. Shop your local Nissan store and choose Nissan.com today for great offers. And see Rogue One only in theaters. Take on any galaxy.